Get ready to throw perfection out the window because you're tuned in to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Penhorwood, and I'm a marketing coach and the founder of Harper Collective, where I help business owners master their PR and simplify their marketing. Each week, we'll be unlocking valuable tips to up-level your business and sharing honest conversations with entrepreneurs to uncover their stories and wisdom to inspire you to take action. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to the Honestly Imperfect podcast. Today, we're joined by Caroline Sinclair, who created the beautiful Sinclair Zaberry with her husband. What was once a brown farmhouse is now a complete oasis. And in today's episode, Caroline shares with us the moment they decided to embark on the project, the challenges that came up along the way, and the importance of leaning into your creativity. This episode was so inspiring to record for you, and I hope that it inspires you to ignite your own flame of creativity. Welcome to the Honestly Imperfect podcast, Caroline. I am so excited to have you here today and to delve into your career story and all of your wisdom and all of that good stuff. So I'm really excited for this episode with you. Thank you. Yeah, it's exciting to be here and share what I can. (laughs) Yeah, and hope that it will be interesting for everybody listening. I'm sure it will be very interesting. We've got a lot of design lovers, so I'm sure they're like eagerly waiting to hear all the ins and outs. So I would love to know a little bit about you and the work that you do to begin with. Can you give us a bit of a glimpse into your career journey? Certainly. My career journey, it's all based in design. I started out um, with a Bachelor of Industrial Design and then jumped straight into that as a graduate, which is it's pretty much product design. So I worked for Australia's um, largest company for over 15 years, very few women, a lot of engineering, a lot of CAD, not too much interiors, very little, mostly banking equipment and usability and looking at people, how they how they would walk into a bank and all of those type of things are so really user-focused. Did that for about 15 years and whilst I was at that company, started a homewares brand and textiles printing company on the side to I guess to boost up that just burning instant drawing creative bug that was going on because product design can take like five years before the product is out there and you can't talk about it it's all secret but with with interiors it's there it's fresh it's you can share it it's really um quite attainable so that that was wonderful and I did that until very recently until basically my husband and I moved down to Barry and decided to take on this this build, this project from drawing to, you know, to putting cushions on a on a on a bed. So everything in between. So th- that was new, and I and I think that's kind of where I feel most comfortable now because it's it's just taking the best bits of all the disciplines and letting me be be exactly who I want to be. And that's so interesting. And I love how you share that you was sort of in a different career but decided to start something to really foster that creativity and I know that there's lots of listeners who are maybe in a role that they don't particularly love like it's not their end goal so what was that like I guess following that creativity and actually going you know what there's something here and I'm going to create something out of it 
it almost goes back to that feeling for me when you were really, really young and, and people, whether it was your uh, your mum, in my case it was my cousin, sent me fabric samples from Designers Guild in London when I was I was like 10 years old and I grabbed them and I thought, oh, my goodness, these are amazing. They're tactile. They were bright. They were pretty. And I didn't really do much with them, but I just had this connection with them for so many years. And that just kept burning, even though I had this quite heavy professional career in design and these big brands and working companies around the world it didn't actually do anything inside so to create that little thing on the on the on the side that's where the passion was and then I guess once that got to a certain level then I was really comfortable in going okay I don't need to do what I thought I really needed to do my passion really lies here and you know it was for a lot less financial um, reward but it was so much more rewarding because I was so happy and I would never stop sketching and I was always helping people out doing other things so um, and that just took over like it took over your, your thoughts it took over your home yeah I would definitely say you don't have to do a quick change it can be a gradual change as comfortable as if you want to do it or it can be like a really quick career change if if you, if you need to but by all means just keep keep that little flame going and then keep feeding it and then it you just realize that you get so rewarded by following your passion instead of following what you think you need to do and you don't know where it's going to lead you don't know where it's going to lead like I if you asked me five years ago if we had Sinclair's a berry and you know and I'd be talking to you now I'm like oh no that definitely wasn't in the plan but it that's here we are now so that's so beautiful. And I've been lucky enough to visit the stunning Sinclair's of Barrie, which is a beautifully created farmhouse in the heart of Barrie. Can you take us back to the moment you decided to embark on this project? Were you at the kitchen table? What was that moment <laughs> when you went, we're going to go for this? It wasn't like a big light bulb moment where we were like, okay, let's do this. My husband's a builder. He was a builder in Sydney doing a lot of the design work as well. And we knew that we'd do something down here for ourselves instead of working for clients. We knew that we were looking at lots of different properties, looking at um, acreage, big farm properties, little mountain retreat, not so much at houses in Berrytown. We didn't. We, we thought more rural. And then we just kept driving past this little brown house and he just, he just like, let's go and have a look. And I was like, oh, I don't know about it from the street. It's, you know... I just don't know what we can do. Somebody would have to knock it down. But we persevered and he, and he got me through there and I looked. It, was, it had an incredible feel to the property. They had this tranquility, this that country stillness that you can't quite put your finger on until you're there and you can just hear the birds and hear the wind in the grass. But yet we were right in the middle of town. So the property had all the things that made you get really excited but it took a lot for Hilton to say, hey, this this is going to work. This is going to be great. I'm like, okay, I totally trust you. Let's do it. And I think it's that kind of blind trust that you have in your partner because they're so good at what they do and vice versa. I mean, he's that's his end is the building and the design and the construction of the big heavy stuff. So I was like, okay, let's go. And then we just got really excited and we did the military like sitting outside, having the photo with the sold sign. And I think it was at that moment we were like, okay, this is happening and we're doing a project together as well, not just as two separate. He does his design work in building and I do stuff over that side and they never cross over. So, yeah, from that moment we knew and it got really exciting. Was the journey what you expected to be? Did you always set out to create what you've created? 
We didn't have a fixed brief. We didn't sit down and make a big plan and make it formal, which you would normally do for a client. For us, we're very restricted in the property. We had all sorts of flood um, plane problems and and town sewer pipes we couldn't build over. So there was lots of restrictions there. So the first layout that Hilton did was incredible and we just went with it. We got it to council. It was all really smooth sailing. And at that point when it was all approved, then we like, okay, there's a feel to this house. What do people love about Barrie? We want to add something that people love about Barrie, not be those house that people go, oh, I can't believe someone built that here. It doesn't suit. It doesn't feel like the, the you know, the heartbeat of Barrie. So we just kept going with that theme and kept thinking, well, one day we might live here in this house. So how would we do it for ourselves? And who are our guests that we want to come here? And what are the things that they are going to love? I guess we just trusted in ourselves a bit. It wasn't so much of a hard brief. It just, we just kept going and just bouncing from one room to the next and just kept that aesthetic through the whole house, which was that traditional light touch country feel. Mm, I'll include all the links so that listeners can go and have a little peek and know what we're talking about. But I think it's so incredible because when I visited the property it does have that magic feel about it. The moment you step into the property and it's definitely influenced by the spaces that you've created and the way that you've designed it. But I also feel like the property just has an essence about it that's really beautiful. So when I scrolled back and saw the first photos of the Brown farmhouse, I thought, (laughs) wow, (laughs) what a transformation. (laughs) So obviously, like you mentioned, it took a a bit of convincing. What was it like bringing that vision to life? Did you see what you've created now or did it take a little bit of finessing to get it to that space? It was pretty instant. As soon as, you know, the pencil hit the sketch pad, it was about that spatial creating something that didn't work, but keeping the old house and just adding to it through extensive renovation and at the, at the front and making the spaces work. So, you know, we took that old problem have a design problem and we solved it through the layout the house wouldn't be as successful without that kind of flow and that functionality and those different spaces where you can have 18 people and still feel like you can get away if you need to that was a big design win we we knew we could see that on paper before we even started doing the pour and and putting the rest of the house up it was kind of at that moment we knew like this is just going to be awesome we got excited very early on (laughs) And as with any journey, whether it's career or whether it's renovating a house, there's always some challenging moments. So were there any challenges that you just went, what are we going to do here that came up along the way? Absolutely. I think we wouldn't be alone in this in building when COVID hit. We were kind of halfway through and the first lockdown started to happen. I guess we were lucky because construction could still go on so that our team could still build you know, there was extra rules and regulations to keep doing that. But we, we were kind of like, oh, no, this is okay. We can work with this. I think naturally it pushed us into buying a lot of more things locally. We went and sourced a lot of things from Berry because you couldn't travel out of your zone. That was, yeah, I think that was actually something really beneficial instead of, yeah, I think something that could have gone really wrong actually worked out to be really great because we actually got exactly the same outcome, if not a better one, from that added pressure. But apart from that... It that didn't really slow us down too much. It just made us pivot. If we had decided on this and it wasn't available, then we just had to pivot quickly and go and choose something else. 
and just because we weren't answering to a client, we were able to be really flexible and change our mind really, really quickly. So, yeah, I think there was, wasn't any big speed humps, but it, um, generally it was just a really enjoyable experience. We're kind of hungry to get that excitement and do something again. And if there were any words of wisdom that you would share with listeners who are thinking about embarking on a journey like this or wanting to pursue a creative project, what would your words of wisdom be? I think at the moment there is so much out there. It's like being a kid in a candy store and there is so much, there's Pinterest and there's social media and there's all these people that you can watch and see and get so much information from that it's information overload. I remember going through in my younger years in design, that wasn't accessible. You really had to trust your gut a lot more and you really had to trust your instincts. So I almost think that that's better it's timeless and it's authentic. It's your story. If you like something, it doesn't matter what someone else thinks about it. You like it. It's not a trendy thing. So it's almost trendless. So that makes it timeless and um, and it evokes a memory and things like that. So I always like to use some old pieces and things with a story or layers of this and layers of that rather than just opening a design magazine. Okay, this is what's trendy this month. Because if you do that, then next month you open up and go, oh, no, it's not trendy anymore. So if, if you have a love of design, and, and then you just, just, just follow that because you're always going to make yourself happy when you have surrounded yourself in the things that you love. But if you're surrounding it with things that other people love, you'll, you'll always be questioning it whether it's good or not. Mm, and I feel like as well with design, there's a certain feeling that you get when something is just innately you. And you're like this, I have a connection to this. And I think that's what we've really got to pursue instead of that, like you say, that information overload where you're in a really overwhelmed state and making decisions from that state as well. So I think that's the perfect advice. And I'd love to know what is next for you and Sinclair Zaberry? Is there anything exciting that you can share with us? Well, there's a few things happening at the moment. The house that house is 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 I guess it's never finished. I'll keep adding little layers and details because I think everything's in the in the detail but outside is our big next step we've got this huge paddock um which used to just be a barren horse paddock and we've slowly been planting beautiful um an orchard and avenues of pears and we're going to do a bridge and an outdoor area and then have some beautiful gardens in there and fill the back paddock with interest so that that will take us a while and obviously you know it's been quite wet <laughs> quite flooded so we're um we're doing lots of sketching and lots of prep for that and as soon as that beautiful sun comes out that will be our next thing and also yeah looking at the next property or the next project that, that we do so we're not sure what that will be but I guess you never stop looking we'll find that one out soon but um yeah it's exciting exciting it'd be nice to do another project and I feel like that sort of ties back to the start of our conversation it's like once you light that flame you never know what's going to come and I I wonder as well like if you didn't take that step to really ignite the creativity that was burning inside of you would you have all of these amazing creative projects that you have today and I think that's really inspiring to think about absolutely I think you have to back yourself and you're in a in a glow and 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 that inner yearning to do something and when you do it really does feel, it's quite special. I can't really articulate it because once you, 
you, you get that feeling when you walk through and people say, oh, my God, this just feels like home. And as soon as they say that, that's better than anything they can say. Like, I really love the layout or I really love the lights or the cushions. Or, But when they say this feels like home, you've created a feeling that can evoke someone to feel comfortable. And those are the moments where we go, okay, like, would we like to do this again and see see what we come up with? Definitely. And I think as well from being in the property when I was there for the day and I looked around the room, people weren't just sitting and chatting. They were cozied into the couch. They were in little nooks. They were, it was almost like they were in their own home. And I think that's really special. And that really says something about the way that you've designed the space as well. Wonderful. It's lovely to hear. (laughs) Thank you so much for this chat today. I'm sure it's inspired a lot of listeners to ignite their own creativity within them and just pursue those projects that have been on their heart. So I really appreciate you for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Lisha. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love if you could leave a review or share a screenshot to Instagram and tag at Honestly Imperfect Podcast so that I can pop on over and say hello. I can't wait to connect with you again soon.